Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and you are listening to a pro wrestling podcast. Now, if you haven't caught up with the uh, episode earlier in the week, which is hilarious, I'm actually recording after the one I'm doing now because I'm backwards in the way I like to work. There is a bit of a change here on Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. For starters, you'll see we have new artwork. We've updated that. And if we've got new artwork, it seems only right to shake up the format a bit as well. So basically, the way it's going to work every week now is this. On Wednesday, you'll get your usual dose. Well, not this week. We're still coming. You'll get your usual What's up now, anyway? You'll get your usual dose of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, where we'll look at everything that's happened over the last seven days in wrestling. We'll talk about it, and we'll do the Q&A that you can ask a question to in the Facebook group, where you just search for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. And on the Friday, I'm going to get, as you know, I like to do one, a Patreon member. Again, that's patreon.com for Simon 316 if you'd like to contribute. And that way, it just gives us an amount of time to chat, go on tangents, and just see what's going to happen. And I feel like there's been so many conversations I've started recently where we've had to veer off course, and we kind of lose the flow so i'm very proud to say the first person my guinea pig as i called him uh, to come on this is my man michael who right now is about it's about eight o'clock in america i believe how you doing man you're right i'm great man it's great to hear from you and you dude right so starters i want to thank you for getting up at the crack of dawn to come on i mean that's nice right. to begin with <laughs> i'm actually uh i've gotten ready for work so after this i'll head over to work so this uh this worked out great well there you go where are you based man i'm in san francisco I look at that. See, isn't, isn't the modern world just incredible? The things that we can do, it's just, <laughs> it just blows my mind. Right, so let's do what we always do because, again, this is the kind of stuff I'm interested in. This is the kind of stuff I want because everybody has a different tale. Everybody has a different story. Um, How would you get into wrestling? You know, to the point where, you know, you're obviously very entrenched in it and you're listening mm-hmm. to, to some dude's podcast millions of miles across the pond. <laughs> Honestly, I, I appreciate the podcast and I appreciate the videos because uh, – the handful of friends that I have that enjoy wrestling, every time we get into a conversation, we end up getting into an argument or talking over each other, and it's this big <laughs> frustrating mess. So it's actually really therapeutic to get to hear somebody just say their opinion without someone else jumping down their throat. So <laughs> I actually really enjoy this. Well, that's what it should be, man. I just feel like... There's always a conversation to be had, especially when it comes to wrestling. You don't have to agree with what everybody sure. says. You know, if, if anything, that's probably unlikely to happen, especially because you know, people do have very strong opinions. Uh, yeah. and, and it would be better all around if we did hear each other out and kind of engaged in debate because you don't have to agree with everything. But you know, there's, probably, yeah, there's, probably, there's probably a conversation yeah. to be had. <laughs> well, and so back to your question. I'm sorry. Uh, my, I guess I started my... My abuela always had lucha on in the background when I was young on Sundays. So that was my introduction to pro wrestling. And with that, there was, especially in, this was the late 80s, um, lucha, we were based in LA at the time, was, there wasn't a lot of promos, there weren't a lot of characters. It was pretty much just watching two people perform. Um, you're, you're watching the, the athleticism aspect of it less than the storyline. Yeah. Right. So when I first got into American wrestling, I was so confused. I, I really didn't know how to take it. Um, especially somebody like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, I felt like he's probably the same person when he goes home. So am I meant to think that he is a real person or is he performing? It was, it was things like that. And then I was especially confused by Kane. I, I didn't know what to do with something like that. Um, and then when I found out he, like when they showed that he had lightning abilities, I remember watching it when I was a, a kid and thinking every time he'd have a match, I would think, why don't you just lightning this person? W- what are you doing? What am I that, meant to do with? That is a very good point. <laughs> if he has lightning, why isn't he lightning all the time? <laughs> right. If he can pull fire from the turnbuckle, why not set someone up for a superplex, get out of the way and then throw his arms down so that fire kills them? That's a very good point. <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. If you right. have superpowers, it's like... Superman doesn't fly down and he needs to use his super breath. So he goes, ah, no, nah, <laughs> Right. So I, I, at that age, I didn't know what to do with it. And then Mick Foley's book came out. And I 
I that was a book I could read on a loop. Like I'd I'd finish the last page and the then I'd start one, again yeah. on the first page. Yeah. It was great. And then it made sense to me what I should be watching. Like I'm I'm watching people perform. I'm they're not necessarily actors, but they certainly are putting on a character. And it is a performance. So then I was able to really appreciate what was going on. Yeah. And is that when it got you? Is that when it kind of sunk its claws in and you started to understand and, you know, fall Definitely. in love with it, I guess, for lack of a better term? Right. I, at the time, I, I absolutely hated Chris Jericho. And then after reading the book, I thought, oh, wow, he actually has a lot going on. Yeah. And he is a very talented performer. But as a character, I, I didn't understand why he was a champion or why he was winning, why they, why they were letting this happen. So once I really understood what was going on and I was able to respect them as performers the same way I would respect Lucha, uh, luchadors as performers, then I was able to really sink my teeth into it. Mm, that's interesting. So was it from that? I mean, do you still have a, a, an affinity for the luchador stuff or have you kind of thrown yourself into WWE completely now? Uh, a lot of like, like AAA, for example, and a lot of the Lucha stuff, I think they haven't necessarily evolved the way that American wrestling constantly evolves. And I'm seeing a lot of an evolution in Japanese wrestling as well. So Lucha now, I, I still think it's go and watch it to watch, you know, these fantastic acrobats essentially. But um, I think I can get more invested in storytelling with American wrestling. Hmm. Well, yeah, I think that's, I think that's kind of what they aim for as well, isn't it? It's like, that's, and that's why I mean, we, we, we always talk about some of this podcast, but I, I do I do agree with it. It's why I, I wouldn't want any promotion to just vanish off the planet for no reason, because definitely if WWE wasn't there, a lot of the naysayers are like, oh, WWE's crap. But all of a sudden, I'm not saying they couldn't do better. They absolutely can do better. Like most anybody can. However, I do think that you would um, you'd notice this big hole in professional wrestling. I do think it would have a knock on effect, which is why right now I think wrestling's in the best place it's been for years. Because WWE Absolutely. is this, you know, financial juggernaut. They're going to be fine, but you know they're still having their their feathers ruffled by the likes of Ring of Honor and New Japan and all everything mm-hmm. going on with All In, this Madison Square Garden show getting sold out. That apparently, you know, it's just it's an incredible time and it's really really interesting. And really, I don't know if you watched any WCW. We'll talk about that in a minute. But it kind of <laughs> feels like you know, we'll never get back to the degree it was then. But it does feel like you know the the at least the atmosphere or the uh, the the competition that WCW posed is finally coming back round kind of i've actually felt similarly i'm i'm watching WWE especially signing everybody and thinking that's kind of a bischoff move yeah to yeah you've got the money you've got the exposure just get them on contract for the sake of getting them on contracts and then they're not a threat anymore. And I don't want to think that. And I think that everything happening with the UK championship is counter to that. Cause it seems like triple H specifically is, is really, really pushing to have other promotions be successful so that the whole landscape can be successful. Yeah. I, I, that's what's important to me. I think if it, now, I want everyone to do well, because not only does it create uh, opportunities for everybody else, but it, again, look, the, the new, we'll start here. Look, we got, I said we talk about random bits of news. The rumor today, or at least from Brian Alvarez's mouth, who don't know works for Wrestling mm-hmm. Observer, is yeah, that Vince right. Man is genuinely annoyed, thinking that the Wrestling Observer helped uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor sell out <laughs> at Madison Square Garden just because they talked about it and they had wrestlers on. Brian Alvarez was the first person to say that is preposterous, and it, you know the 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 likelihood of that being true, if anything, is minimum because all they can do is have wrestlers on to promote, which WWE won't allow them to do. But mm-hmm. I, I think that kind of attitude shows that Vince McMahon and the WWE's backs are up just a little bit. Like, it's not going to affect them like WCW used to do again. But it has, you know, annoyed them enough to where like, oh, shit, you know, we, 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 this isn't good. You know, Madison Square Garden just got sold out by, let's, let's call it, right. how else it, a tiny company. WWE hasn't, <laughs> sold, WWE hasn't sold out Madison Square Garden in a long time. They do well there, mm. but they haven't sold it out at all. So I think this is great. Let's go to war. Let's piss everybody off. That's when it gets fun again. Right. And I think that's something that with Vince McMahon specifically, I kind of look at him as kind of a a chiseled war hero. So because he went through all of that with Bischoff, who was very vocal about trying to end the WWF, trying to defeat them, I think he tends to get that knee-jerk reaction to defend himself, whereas Triple H doesn't seem to be doing that. He seems to recognize that competition is fine and that another promotion coming at them. Now, 
going into the garden is certainly a shot across the line, but I don't think that means that they're going to close their doors anytime soon. Uh, no, 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 I, I don't think. I, I think they're just too big. I think they're just too big for it to become a problem, but I like that they're upset about it. I think yeah. that I, yeah. I, I think there's something in that, and I got I got no problem with that, uh, no problem with that whatsoever. So I mean, how 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 far back did your wrestling love go? I mean, did you used to watch WCW and stuff like that, or you know, you know how how did you sort of divide your time? I, ironically, most of the kids at my school were WCW fans, and I tried it once. I, I watched <laughs> like an episode drugs. of Nitro, <laughs> right? <laughs> And literally the thing that made WCW not work for me, like the one thing that I couldn't get over was the sound of the ring. How it interesting. Just sounded, it sounded so wimpy. And to me, it sounded when they would land on the ring, it, it, it just kind of crumbled. Whereas in the WWF at the time, it, it really made this snapping sound. So I thought they were actually doing something. And with the WCW, I thought, well, wait, I don't know who any of these people are. The majority of emphasis is on the storyline, so I don't have the time or the patience to learn any of this, and I don't believe that any of the in-ring stuff makes a difference. So with the WWF, I felt like, yeah, there was quite a bit of promo time and quite a bit of character work, but a lot of it was handled in the ring. So I'm actually watching performers perform pro wrestling, and that's where I I never really strayed away from that. I agree. I think the other thing that WWE's always had as well is... The production values always felt more to me. I know there was a time where WCW, I know, was better at that. Um, you know, they mm-hmm. made big jumps with their Nitro set and stuff. But like you said, with the sound of the ring, to me, in my head, and it could be wrong, it could be a skewed revisionist history. But in my head, it was always WWE that had the nicer looking show and the better sounding show and the more atmospheric yeah. show and everything like that. And it could just be because I was a WWE guy, therefore I'm biased. But that's certainly the impression <laughs> that I always got. And I think that I think that is more important than people realize because you know in modern day for example if you do go and watch something like impact i enjoy impact and i think it's good but it does lack that pizzazz and that magic that wwe mm-hmm. possesses and I, that's more important than people realize like you said you gave it a go you didn't like the sound of the ring it didn't sound as hard hitting as you wanted <laughs> so you were out yeah. again right something as simple as that right. right but then at the same time i really appreciated ecw um and we would get uh it was on our cable access in our local channel, we would get that in the middle of the night. And that one, it, the production value was so the opposite that I appreciated it as a brand new thing. And the few times that I did get to watch Impact, I, f- I felt like they could have gone that direction. It, they can either try to make it glossy to compete with the WWE, or they can be the counter version of it. They can be like the, the alternative punk rock version of pro wrestling. And they... They just kind of kept going for that glossy look, in which case you're going to lose. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I never think, especially now, you should be WWE light. I just think it's, yes. I just think it's, uh, it's a terrible idea. It's only going to go. It's only going to go one way. You're going to lose because as soon yeah. as as soon as people go, it feels like WWE, but it's not WWE. You, you need something else. You need you need a spark. You need some sense right. of personality, and that. Maybe not Ring of Honor so much, although they're certainly getting better at it. But that's certainly what New Japan does well. You can tune into a New Japan show and you're like, well, this is, you know, this is just something. I'm, I'm not used to this. It doesn't look like yeah. WWE. It doesn't feel like WWE. They're not wrestling like WWE. At times, mm-hmm. it looks a bit budget in a good way, though. It makes it feel a bit more real, yeah. a bit more sportsmanlike. And I think that's why a lot of people are drawn to it, because, yeah, it's just so different. Right. And and having that counter to it, I, th- I think it's fantastic. And I, I don't think that they're coming for the WWE. I don't think they're trying to hurt the WWE. I mean, it's in a different language, so it's it's an entirely different product. It's an entirely different audience and different performance. So I think it's fantastic to have a company really focus on being the best they can be on their end of the spectrum and let other things fill in the other aspects of it. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really important. Having the Having the confidence to do that as well. You know, to, sure. not, to not feel pressurized by what you may or may think is pro wrestling in, in 2018. Right. And, and when I would see Kane when I was young and I, I didn't know what to do with it, that Sunday I'd still go watch Lucha and I'd feel better. I'd think, OK, well, I got my wrestling for the week. Now I can do this. And then I'd sort of dip my toes into the American style a little more and a little more. And then eventually 
that took over. So I still had the incredible high-flying athleticism as well as the storytelling abilities of, of what the WWE was, uh, was producing. What's your opinion on people like Kane now? Because I know Kane is a very controversial character and just as a, as a cheap as a cheap plug i've actually because kane's career is basically wound up now we actually did a quite mm. cool thing on what culture that's going up soon where we did an ups and kane ups and downs for kane's whole career and when i was going through i realized a lot of the stuff that a lot of people hate i like just because i accepted kane from day one and therefore you know i was biased like we mentioned before when you have that bias it's easy to like mm. things but you said yourself it was difficult to go from you know flippy guys uh, you know putting on a an, an attractive looking contest to this story stuff where one guy's got lightning bolts coming from his hands and he's dead or whatever, or whatever he's meant <laughs> yeah. to be like how do you feel about it now when you look back are you like are, are you cool with it or you just accept it but you'd rather they didn't go in that kind of direction you know I, I i don't mean to sound like i'm ribbing on kane because i i did eventually grow to respect what he did and i think the reason that looking back on his career i think he'll be one of the more important players on in professional wrestling as an art form i i appreciate that he evolved I think if he had just been the lightning guy the whole time for, what is it, 30 years that he was a wrestler? 40 years? I mean, if he debuted in 97 as Kane, he must have been around five years before. So it's got to be about 25 years minimum, yeah, minimum. Wow. So something like that. If you look at the many incarnations of him, just the, the many incarnations of the mask itself and what he did without the mask and everything he was able to accomplish, I can look back and say I appreciate all that he did. And I can also appreciate that he kind of finished out in the mid-card. I think that was really cool that at the end of the day, the thing that he produced was to support the company rather than to just support himself. Yeah, I think so, so too. He, he feels a bit like a custodian, Kane. Like he, <laughs> he, he, like he appreciated his position and he was just happy to be there. And I, 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 I got no problem with that. I mean, I, did, I mean, honestly, Kane's debut in 97 is my favorite debut of all time. Yeah. Yeah, you can't beat it. No, it's just amazing, given how he looked and how terrifying he was, and you know the vibe that WWE was, uh, you know, was trying to get across. They did it wonderfully, and the other thing people forget was I remember they did a really good job of just a couple of weeks beforehand trying to steer you more to thinking about Shawn Michaels versus the Undertaker rather than this ongoing storyline with Paul Bearer, and that was enough just to make you forget a little bit. And then when he did come, like, oh shit, you know, it, it, it was just so good. And I think. You know, when someone makes a debut like that and it has an impression, especially on me, I was a really, I was a really young kid, that mm -hmm. it, does, it, it does stay with you after that as you grow up because, you know, the, the innocence of youth and all that nonsense. Um, but I mean, if you had a choice, if you were booking your own promotion and someone came to you and said, look, I want to have magic powers, what, what do you say to them? Do you say yes <laughs> or do you say no? I mean, are you more of a... I guess it comes down to, you know, do you want a Stone Cold Steve Austin or do you want an Undertaker, right? I mean, I don't mean in terms of success because Stone Cold was obviously ridiculous, but in, ter uh -huh. you know, in terms of how people like to book, uh, you know, their wrestling promotions. For example, Lucha Underground, right? It's just Undertaker through and through and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Sure, sure. I, I guess it's kind of the difference between Scott Hall and Razor Ramon. Do yeah. you want them to be a character or do you want them to be a person? And I think... At the end of the day, I, I like that they can focus on different ends of the spectrum. So if the entire promotion was Kane, um, be proud that you're the ridiculous gimmick promotion. Just be the very best at that one thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that they, they have that kind of range. And I'm excited that they didn't necessarily feel the need to push him as the poster child is of the WWE. And then going back to that, like the, the reason that I stopped watching wrestling was WrestleMania 20. I was so invested in it. And that was the WrestleMania when the undertaker came back, yeah. where he came back as the dead man and everything between the undertaker and Kane meant so much to me. And the rest of that card meant so much to me that after that pay-per-view, I was literally exhausted. I, I, I couldn't follow it anymore. I kind of felt like this was the third act of the movie and they did it. And now I, I don't want to stick around to see what happens after the movie. I just want that to be good enough. How long did you go away for? Uh, I popped back in in 2008, 2010. Wow. So quite, quite a break. Yeah. And I, I remember popping back in and thinking, 
when I started, when I watched it again just to see what was going on, I thought, wait, Edge is the champion? <laughs> because I had always put Edge on like the exact same level as I put like Scotty Tuhati. He's he's just half as of a comedy tag team. Yeah. So why why is he the champion? Because I didn't see any of his buildup. So I really didn't respect that. And then at the same time, I also one of my favorite things about wrestling was seeing the wrestling belts. I I really liked how classy they were and how it seemed like something that people could challenge for and 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 have that that um, that passion for to go after something so classy as a championship belt. And at the time, it was like, wait, it's the John Cena signature belts oh, and man, the yeah. WCW championship. <laughs> like, what, is there a WWE champion? Like, what's I, I? I didn't get it. I didn't understand. I think so. I it was just a weird time, wasn't it? I mean, everything after the Attitude Era. I know this is quite a way afterwards, but you know, everything after the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of good stuff in there. There's a lot of bad stuff in there. But WWE didn't really sort of you know fall into a flow i'm not saying it was a good flow but i mean a flow where they stopped trying to you know surprise you or they didn't really have a a, a focus until they went pg and kind of decided okay this yeah. is what we're doing now and again there were still bad bits there but that's when the product kind of felt like it had fallen back into a pattern i don't mean that in a bad way um <laughs> I, 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 it was it was that weird time where it was especially if you took a break then because so much changed in that period of time and all these big stars and proper huge stars kind of you know fell by the wayside and went away to do their own thing the, uh-huh. you know, i get that because edge was never my guy i've said this a lot on this podcast edge is an incredibly talented wrestler and i think he deserves everything that he that he achieved and he worked for it to say the least but yeah in terms of you know how it is sometimes you just have an affiliation with someone that was edge for me i was just like i never got it i never ever got it just because and i think that just i get it basically i understand why you'd think that way I was I was the exact same way, and I think it may have gone back to when he first debuted and I first saw him. I thought, wait, his partner is a vampire. Am I supposed to believe? <laughs> what am I watching? I really enjoy all all, the, all your problems of wrestling come from these like superheroes <laughs> that you have to fall into. And then wait, is Edge a vampire? Are, why wouldn't Gangrel turn Edge into a vampire? Why wouldn't they bite each other? So it all came from that. Is is one of these days we're going to find out that Edge was a vampire the whole time, and then what am I supposed to do with that? I know. (laughs) That's what I mean. It's that kind of that weird crossover segue period where I don't know. It was just it it was just bizarre. But I I, so when you when you did come back to it and you see Edge the champion, do you Mm -hmm. do you hang around? Like who who is it that makes you go? Actually, no, I will I will stick. I will come back to wrestling now. I actually didn't stick around for that time period and I, th- I think it was because I, I felt the same way that it, about half the locker room were attitude era guys which the attitude era cannot exist in a pg universe and then the other half were trying to build up pg guys so it was i, I felt like we were respecting the attitude guys by default and weren't necessarily giving the pg guys the same opportunity so it's it's just two different flavors in the same mix and I, I don't think they quite worked. Uh, they they put everything behind John Cena because he was the one PG guy that made sense. But yet, if you're still getting this pullback from Chris Jericho and from and from Kane, it, it's like you. I, I think they need to do one or the other. So after the PG era, I guess you would call that concluded. I felt like that was about the time that the network came out, and that's when I really came back full force. I think for, for your nostalgia kick. Absolutely. And when I was growing up, we, we didn't have a lot of money, so I couldn't get pay-per-views. Um, the only two that I saw were at my buddy's house, and it was the Royal Rumble 2004 and then WrestleMania 20. So getting to see the network and actually seeing the pay-per-views going, oh my God, I remember watching the Raw after that pay-per-view and being so excited for what had happened. Now I get to actually watch it again. And then it gave me a huge... Um, respect for a wrestler like Chris Jericho because I felt like on TV he would cheat a lot and he would talk a lot and he wouldn't really do much so I didn't really understand him as a performer and he would really pull out the big guns on pay-per-views so I got to see him actually work and damn that guy yeah he definitely knows what he's doing 
<laughs> and that was it. And that was that was that. Then you were like, right, I'm back. But was there was there any anybody else? Because I think most people when they come back, they need a couple of people who you look forward to seeing, right? Usually one on Raw, one on SmackDown, just because you know, for, for better or worse, we've had this yeah. a bit more often than we haven't. Um, yeah. And I I I, I forgot mine. I, I I took a break and I can't remember who it was when I came back. All of a sudden, I was like, oh. Just because I think I've watched too much wrestling now, my brain is just is just almost like immune to it. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always think yeah that there is somebody that, and I think that's why some people don't come back as well. Going the other sense, if you don't have the magic of a Stone Cold Steve Austin, a Rock, or whoever becomes that person that makes you want to shoot, I know this is just about star power. But yeah, yeah was there a couple of dudes, <clears throat> or you just thought, excellent, wrestling's fun to watch? I think so. Like I, re- I think when I popped back in was when Brock Lesnar was wrestling Dean Ambrose, I think it was a SummerSlam a few years ago. Uh, they had a, they're not called hardcore matches anymore. Are they? They're no rules ma- matches or yeah, they usually come street extreme rules matches. Extreme yeah. Street match, fight yeah. thing. <laughs> they don't like the word and, hardcore um, anymore. Yeah. They don't like the word hardcore anymore. But, um, I, I remember Brock Lesnar being a young guy and really going for it, but not quite landing it, especially with his promos. And then, I saw him now mixed with Paul Heyman and he was fantastic. And then I saw Dean Ambrose and Dean Ambrose was doing a lot of mankind work. He had a lot of the same mankind movesets and I thought, okay, well, who's Dean Ambrose? What's, what's going on? And so I got to see Brock Lesnar really come into his own and then seeing this new guy, that was, I think the match that intrigued me. was back at that SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Brock Lesnar's a good shout in most ways as well. I know, in 2018, I get it, right? I get it. He's been booked not in the smartest <laughs> way in the world, and now it's become, yeah, now, yeah. now it's become a bit, a bit of an issue. But people forget that if you're not a wrestling fan and you're flicking through the channels, not only if you, if you just sort of lay your eyes on Brett Lesnar, you go, "Who the hell is that?" But, right. also, but also, he has enough mainstream appeal that most some people that are into sports are going to go. Oh, it's the UFC guy or whatever, the MMA guy. Like, you know, he's fought right. on huge pay-per-views that have been on ESPN and made, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. So I think a lot of people kind of, it's, it's easy to shit all over Brock Lesnar, given mm-hmm. his attitude and his contract and all that. I mean, I don't mind it. Who would turn that deal down is always, uh, is always my kind of argument. But yeah, I, I, I honestly believe that if he does go away... Maybe not necessarily now, just because of everything that's happened, and it, he's watered down his character a lot. But I do think WWE be weaker because of it. I really, really do. Like I think WWE is better with Brock Lesnar in it, but probably a Brock Lesnar that's not the champion, because that way he's not hampered down by the championship, and he can go out and have just good feuds with people that we want to see him have feuds with. Mm-hmm. I actually, I, this last year, his title reign, I like it on paper. I, I kind of looked at Brock Lesnar the same way that you look at Bowser. In Mario, I like, like this you never, already. Yeah, you never see Bowser. You only see Bowser like at the end of a level or for a moment. And so the idea is that you're working your way up to him. So it makes Bowser seem like the most dangerous thing in that universe. So the idea that Brock Lesnar is the boss at the end of the level, I thought that worked, especially because their their main event scene is so oversaturated. Have them compete for a shot at the boss versus having them compete for the title on half of the brand. So on Raw and then on SmackDown, they can have their title um, be on TV more often. So I thought, especially to do that for one year, that worked. And now that we're going past the year, it's it's kind of worn out its welcome a little bit. I, I think at this point, we want to see the boss and we want to fight the boss and we want to defeat the boss. I think that's the problem with the whole Roman Reigns thing, which is why, I mean, it, tra- it transitions nicely into SummerSlam. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why I've said this. I've oversaid this now, but it's true. It's why at SummerSlam, I, I just think Roman Reigns has got to win. I think we've got to just draw a line under it. Like, uh, you know, just having the Universal Championship back on, you know, a regular, a regular, or having it regularly on TV is going to make the world of difference. Um, so yeah. I, I, that's why I don't even care that it's Roman. I understand that there's, yeah, problems, blah, 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 whatever. I don't care. I just, I think it needs to happen just for the sake of, just making Raw feel a bit more interesting than it, than it already is. Um, and, and if it doesn't happen, because there's now rumors going around, as it always is, that maybe Lesnar's staying with WWE. That's fine, but you have to segue Roman off into something else because you can't keep telling the story that he's a worthy contender if he loses again. Eventually, right. that, 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 you know, it's Boy Who Cries Wolf. I, I, I can, 
even now I would say you're on the precipice of going too far, but I can still accept it as for what it is. But yeah, that's that that's my thing. I think Brock Lesnar should go away, even if he does want to come back. I think it's only going to refresh and help his character. <laughs> and I think finally WWE can have Roman Reigns as their champion, which they've wanted since day one. And then just see what happens. He gets booed. He gets booed. Who cares at this point? He's getting booed anyway. Right. And that's where I think the company is in such an interesting spot because all of the Attitude Era kids are now adults and adults and adults can voice their opinion a lot louder than kids can. So my opinion of Roman Reigns is so different than the person that he's catering towards. Like he's meant for kids. Every time I see him cock his fist... I think that's the lamest, stupidest thing I've ever seen. But if I was 10 years old, I bet that would be so cool. Yeah. No, it's true. Right. I'm a, um, so in, here in San Francisco, I'm a, I, I work for Lucasfilm. Uh, I'm an editor. And well, there you go. We're seeing, just, just drop that in there. Amazing. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> well, well, besides that, like the thing that we've been seeing this whole time is that with Star Wars stuff, it's, it's geared towards kids. But the adult audience is very vocal online and on blogs and on podcasts and stuff. So who is this meant for? And that's something that I'm, I'm excited about for the WWE is that it does have this big range of an audience, but the adult audience is so vocal. I think we forget about, you know, this is really kind of geared towards the kids. So if I were Roman Reigns and I were doing so well with these 10 year olds, I can see where the frustration comes in. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the problem, just see with the modern day and the way that social media works, is that it's actually it is almost impossible to try and gear your show to one specific audience. Right. And it depends what kind of metrics are important to you. And, and I can't answer that question because I don't work for WWE. They're making more <laughs> money than ever, so it's hard for me to criticize. But Roman Reigns especially, I hear from a lot of people with kids that their kids love Roman Reigns. They think he's the best right. thing ever. But they're not, on, <laughs> they're not on Twitter making a fuss, and they're not on YouTube making comments exactly. they're just enjoying it for what it is and also the big question going back to what you said is the fact you know i i, I know some people that get into wrestling as adults but by and large you know 90 percent of the people that watch wrestling today they got into it when they were kids because as a kid you can suspend your disbelief a much e much easier you're more innocent and you can see these guys as superheroes and you don't know about all the backstage stuff don't get me wrong i love all that stuff it's one of the reasons you can get back into it once you fall by the wayside but they are watching it purely in the way that it is presented to them and there's a certain niceness about that that you don't see in adults. So you can kind of understand. You have to cater to them to some degree. Because if you don't cater to the kids, eventually everyone's going to die. And you won't have passed that fandom <laughs> off to anybody else. So it, right. it's a real difficult situation to try and balance. And that's what I'm so fascinated with. Is that when I was 10 years old, I was so confused by Kane. But I just took it as what I was watching. And now that I'm, I'm 30, if I were... Alive. If I were this age during the Attitude Era, would I be online calling bullshit about Kane's lightning abilities? <laughs> yes, you probably. <laughs> unfortunately, you probably would. Yeah. <laughs> right. So if we look at the Attitude Era, it had the same amount of ridiculousness as it does right now, and the same amount of I, I think what we kind of consider a transparent push. There was a lot of that. So. I mean, Kane was in the WWE for less than a year before he got his title reign. Imagine what Kurt Angle would have gone through if we were all this age back then. When we see, oh, it's this Olympic guy, he's given three titles in a year. Would everyone have been upset on the internet? Or would we just have all gone home and watched it and appreciated it? Yeah, well, it's a different time. I mean, social media has changed a lot. I did a video about this the other day for What Culture as well. And I don't mind spoilers and stuff like that. I think... They're quite easy to avoid should you want to avoid them. But the people is some people don't. They, they, can't, <laughs> they, they can't take themselves off social media. And yet, you know, social media is a reactive network. It's a reactive platform. So, of course, you're going to get stuff spoiled for you. You know, sure. there's, there's no two ways about it. As SummerSlam's come up as well, how are you feeling about it? I've seen a lot of negativity, which surprises me. I actually think SummerSlam looks all right. I don't think it's the greatest SummerSlam we ever had. But I think there's enough intrigue there. I think there's too many matches. And I think it's going to go way too long. But that's just <laughs> w, that's WWE these days. Yeah. So, yeah, what's um, yeah, what, what, what's kind of your feeling on the event? Are you excited? You're not excited? I, th I think I might be more excited for SummerSlam than I was for Mania. Interesting. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. Yeah, with Mania, everything felt like, right, we're laying the groundwork for the whole year. I, th I think we saw 
Roman Reigns kicking out of the F5 for a year. We, we sort of knew that was coming. And then for them to give us that swerve at the end, I actually thought that was kind of cool. But then it's like, well, you just swerved into a wall. Where are you going to go with this? Yeah. At problem. this point, yeah, the storytelling is actually really good. I'm I'm very intrigued. For I don't think there's a match on the card that I'm not looking forward to seeing. Maybe Finn Balor and Baron Corbin. Well, I don't I really care about why, that one. <laughs> why I don't care about that is is uh, why why is he not the demon? Because then straight away, <laughs> I, and I don't I don't necessarily like the demon. I don't think he's necessarily you know a character that I ever you know had any connection with. But at least it would make yeah. that it would make that match mean something. Because at the moment <laughs> we've just seen it a thousand times and we just do it over and over again. Right. If as the demon he only had lightning, we'd be more invested in the match. Well, you know what? We probably would. As we've established, yeah. lightning is really important when it comes to pro wrestling matches. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I think it would be all right. Like, I don't know what the plan is. Um, yeah, the, the plan is to do to do with it whatsoever. But I think SummerSlam looks all right on paper. I think it's a risk to put Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns on last. But again, it's still yeah. for the WWE. It's still for a world championship. I know it's universal. But same thing. Uh, I also think sure. they put AJ and Samoa Joe on last. I think they won't do that because they're not WWE guys. Yes, and and I think that the two people I'm most excited for in SummerSlam is Samoa Joe and Paul Heyman, and that's because the, both of them are probably the greatest promo guys in the industry right now. Yeah. So if they're both at the top of your main event, yeah, fine, let's do it. No, I, I think so, and um, I, I I said this as well the other day on Twitter, Assignment Three Sixteen. If you want to come say hello. I, I will. Th- th- thank you. <laughs> I'm surprised. There's a, there's so much. The, the, the kind of overwhelming feeling I get from AJ versus Samoa Joe is, oh, it's fucking better not fuck it up like you did Nakamura and AJ Styles. <laughs> and I'm I'm like, should we not be focusing on the fact that ten years ago they were in a relatively decent TNA, but still, you know, they they were never pegged for WWE success because that wasn't the wrestling industry that we had at our disposal. Now, on the second biggest show. In WWE, we're getting them, not only they're having a match, they're having a match for the world title. This coming off four months when AJ Styles did the same thing with Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania. To me, sometimes, mm-hmm. okay, did it live up to expectations? Probably not. But I think sometimes you just have to, you just have to be happy with what you've got. Otherwise, you know, where, where, where does it end? Right. I, I kind of feel like sometimes I see Roman Reigns as the the company champion and AJ Styles is the wrestling champion. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah. yeah. So Styles and Samoa Joe, that's going to be a great wrestling match. So regardless of the, what they have going into it, which they have, you know, laid down a gr- lot of groundwork going into it. I just, I want to watch them physically wrestle each other. That sounds like a good match. Who do you think is going to win? We had to pick one who walks away with the WWE championship. Uh, I think that AJ won't get hurt by losing it. And I feel like SummerSlam could use a good shot in the arm. So, sure, put it on Samoa Joe. I, I, I mean, physically, I think he could win it. Like, both of their styles against each other. Um, he's definitely a contender. And then putting it on him, if he's one of my two favorite promo guys, then, yeah, I'd be happy seeing him take it. I think so. I think you hit it now in the head that AJ can lose it. It's not. I mean, I want Samojo to win it because I think he deserves it. But you know, it's not even just that. It's more that AJ can lose it and it won't make a difference because he's AJ yeah. Styles and he's over like you know, like nobody's business. He's a proper star. He's a true babyface, which means he yes. can, he, he can go back to sort of the chase, for lack of a better term. And no one's going to mind that. No one's going to mind watching that because we're all behind him, no matter what he does. Yeah, I think it'll bring some excitement back to the the WWE SmackDown Championship too. Because lately it's been him on the pre-show, whereas if Samoa Joe is a really, really strong promo guy and a really, really strong in-ring worker, yeah, that's that seems like a good way to go. To me as well, with Samoa Joe, it's just fascinating. Even when he got to NXT, he was told, you know, you're probably not even going to make, you know, you're probably not even going to make it out of NXT. That's not why you're here. <laughs> and yet yeah. the fact that he's now main eventing SummerSlam, I mean, it's just, I love these stories. I love seeing hard work pay off. I just think yes. it's, yeah, I just think it's a real testament to. Well, I mean, Samoa Joe would have got there anyway on his talent alone because he's, you know, he's brilliant. But it's it's always nice when you you kind of see it actually happen in the flesh. Absolutely, and that's where I think that Raw and SmackDown on this one. I think that SmackDown has the more has more matches than I'm invested in, but Raw has more matches than I'm aware of. They're they're better at hyping what they're doing. 
regardless of the the in-ring work that they have with it. Yeah, no, are you more of a Raw Smackdown guy? Do you have a preference? How do you watch your shows at the moment as well? Are you a guy that actually sits down and watch them? Or is YouTube and social media the way you keep up? So there's a, uh, a sports bar in the hate where I in the hate Ashbury district in SF where I watch Raw and Smackdown every week and that's the place to watch it in a room full of people yeah, it's true, that man. are yelling and that are drinking and so yes I, I actually as as much as the shows seem to be very promo heavy and not very um, physicality heavy like that's seeing it with a group of people is always fun yeah no I think people forget about the community aspect of wrestling uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's so easy to get critical and moan about it when you're... There's nothing wrong with doing this. I do it too. But it's easier to do that when you are in your house by yourself and moaning and complaining and, you know... You, <laughs> or you're in your house on Twitter and moaning and complaining Exactly, to because else. there's no one to stop you, right? There's no right. one to stop you saying this is bullshit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, I think that's fair. I, I think that's... Um, yeah, I, I just think that's... It's something to sometimes be aware of and take a step back and go, oh, yeah, this is just meant to be fun. It's not the be all and end all. There's nothing wrong with criticizing it, of course. Um, but, yeah, sometimes I do think it gets lost a little bit. Sure. And I, I feel like we spend more time focused on where something's going versus where something is. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Or what it could be. Exactly. Rather than just accept it from where we are. I think, I think that's especially true. So, I mean, sure. just, just to kind of do some more generic sort of chats and see where we get to. Favorite wrestler of all time? <laughs> All time, uh, I'd have to. I think I'd say Mankind, just because of his book. <laughs> Mick, Mick Foley or Mankind? Because there is a difference. Uh, there is a difference. Yeah, I'll say Mick Foley because I, I actually really appreciated the way that he could segue in between characters. Yeah. And that one Royal Rumble where all three characters made an appearance, that was just the coolest thing in the world. Even though he didn't really do much in the ring, he was more a defensive guy. Um, I liked the how much character work he had and how it was believable that he could segue between the three of them. It was, it was special Mick Foley. Like in a way, I'm not saying it's bad, but in a way it's, um, I don't want to say sad, but it's not, but, but you know, he's remembered for his crazy bumps. Cause of course he is like, how else could he be remembered, uh, for anything else? But mm -hmm. th there was more to him than that. Like it, it's difficult to be that likable. That's a really, especially yeah. today, you know, that's, that's something that everybody struggles with if you're a babyface is how do I how do I get everybody to love me, for lack of a better term? And, you know, he was able to do that almost effortlessly. Right. And, and I think that when I was watching American wrestling, the one moment that made me think, OK, I, I think I want to switch from Lucha to American and switch my focus on that was the night he won the championship. And it wasn't just because he won it. But we had been waiting for DX versus the corporation for quite a while. And that was the first time that that shot would happen. It was when, um, I think it was Ken Shamrock came in and hit Mankind with the chair. And then Billy Gunn flew through the ring and tackled him outside of it. That was like, oh, this is a huge crescendo to this story. That DX is actually wrestling the corporation. And then when Stone Cold's music hit, that oh, was, man. I think, what everyone remembers from that. That, that is so, one of the best mo That pop. Oh, my God. If you've never seen that pop, everyone go. It's on YouTube. Go and watch that pop of Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out to hit the rock with a chair. Fucking hell. It's amazing. Absolutely. And that, and that was the attitude there, was that this is the biggest night, well, arguably the biggest night in mankind's career. And two other huge, thing ha two other huge things happened in that. So there were three storylines that had their crescendo in one night. So something like that where he wasn't just the main character of the story. He was a supporting player and everything else was benefiting from it. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, I mean, it, I, I like that moment. And I was never uh, a, a suit. I, I liked McFoley a lot, but I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't call him, uh, you know, one of my favorite wrestlers ever. But yeah, that was just, uh -huh. that was so good. I mean, that was so good. Like it's one of those moments that, it's obviously you're either around or you're not around. But if you were around to see it, it's, it was it was one that was hard to forget because yes. it's just like that was just. And you, I hate this. I'm gonna sound like the most cliched wrestling fan ever, so I apologise. But this is how it felt. The motherfucker deserved it because he'd been through so <laughs> yeah. he'd been through so much. You're like, yeah. yes, damn right, Mick Foley wins a belt after everything he's done. And yeah, yeah it was just oh man, yeah. I, I think that's fair. So uh, following on from that, what's your favorite match ever? I mean, I say no one's got one, but just one that you know springs to mind. Um, I'm not gonna say the Hell in the Cell. 
even though that's the truth. I like that. <laughs> I like. I like. I, I like that match, man. Like it's difficult to watch, but you know, it's it's brilliant. It just is. It's brilliant. I, I feel like when people think about that match too, they don't think about what happened after he went through the cage. Oh no, there's actually get... a there's a good match after that. So to think that those two giant spots. And then there's a good wrestling match. Wow. But um, I think that uh, maybe the main event of WrestleMania 20, which was Triple H and Shawn Michaels, which was such a great feud going into it, their um, street fight at SummerSlam, that was like, that's crescendo. And then they inserted Benoit in the mix. That was a fantastic wrestling match. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think, uh, obviously, you know, hindsight has changed that no end. I but, know. but but hey, look, it, it, it was what it was at the time, and it was mm-hmm. it, it, it was a moment for many people that had seen, you know, you had basically, you know, the, the face and the you know the stalwarts of WWE coming up against the WCW guy, and he was never going to win, and so on and so forth, and right. he did, and he did, and that was that was huge for a lot of people, I think. I really, yeah, yeah, I think just for the storytelling aspect, and then the in ring work of that match. It's a very entertaining match. No, I think so. It's just, um, I, well, I mean, look, I, I don't like talking about this too much. I don't watch those matches anymore. I just don't. Uh, I, made the I, decision, I made the decision long ago that, uh, yeah, I don't, I, 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 I can't separate the two, and nor, and nor do I want to separate the two. Right. So, uh, yeah. That, 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 and that I hear that, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, it's just not a thing. I, I just don't think. I get it. I, I get it, but I just that's just how I this is how I see the situation. So yeah, yeah. Um what was the other thing that I wanted to mention before we started wrapping this up? New Japan. G one climax just finished. Is that mm-hmm. something have you been watching it? Do you keep up with it? Do you you know what's I'm, I'm always intrigued because New Japan gets bigger by the day and eventually I think it's gonna get to a stage where more people within this community that we've got are watching it than not. I know loads of people now, that's what they watch. That's just what they watch. They don't care about anything else, they just watch New Japan. Uh, they actually just had a G1 uh, huge event in San Francisco uh, at the Cal Palace. And uh, Jim Ross was did. one of the yeah, comments. Of course, I forgot yeah. about that. Did you go? I blew it. I <laughs> waited way too long, and the tickets were really expensive. But two of my friends went, and they were pretty merciless in sending me videos of everything I was missing. So I felt like I got to see a lot of it. No, that's good. Um, yeah, there's a moment, I don't know if it's on YouTube or anything, but I guess Kenny Omega um, superplexes um, Cody Rhodes off of a ladder into the ring. Of course he did. And, <laughs> and everyone's chanting, please don't die. <laughs> that sounds like a great afternoon to me. Uh, yes, that sounds like a lot of fun. Damn right it does. So for something like that, if this is a Japanese promotion in a different language, in a different culture... And they can come to the United States and sell out a big venue like that. Yeah, that's definitely something to take notice of. I think so. Did you watch any of the G1 Climax? I can only see it on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I haven't I've actually been to the New Japan website to see what's happening with the network. And it's difficult to navigate. So I haven't gotten the network. Nah, nah, dude, that's, that's, the, that's the problem, man. Is, and also time time yeah there is a lot right. going on these days and trying to keep up with all of that is not easy by any stretch of the imagination mm-hmm. but i think that with the wrestling observer and whatnot and then with social media as it is i feel pretty clued in on what's happening even though that's not on my forefront so i'm excited to see where kenny omega is going yeah, and i hope that he doesn't come to the WWE anytime soon. Me too. I totally agree. I don't think right now. Yeah. Right now, there's more fun things happening by being outside of it than being in it. That's how I feel. That's and, and that's a huge thing to say coming from the war zone of the Attitude Era, where you hope that one you know, comes out victorious at the end of it. Yeah. I, I know Kenny Omega from Highlight Reels, and I know him from YouTube, and I think he's doing great. I, I don't need to see him on my programming because I want to see him be successful elsewhere. I agree. And then eventually show up in something that I'll see. Exactly. That's the best way to do it. Wait as long as you need to and then make a decision. There's no rush. There's no rush. Yes. That's the way. Absolutely. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, we will bring this... uh, 
I guess, this special new episode to a close. I don't know what to call it. Again, just to reiterate how the schedule now works. I know this is all going to be different this week, but I've been sorting it out. Wednesday, you'll get Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. We'll talk about the news and we'll do the Q&A. And then usually on a Friday or around that time, we will get a patron member on uh, to, to just chat about the world of wrestling. To me, this was, this was awesome. We just had an open forum to talk wrestling and look where we ended up. Talking about Kenny Omega potentially going to the WWE. So, uh, and Kane with Lightning. I, I do, it may not have happened otherwise. It may not have happened. I want to talk about Kane and Lightning. I love Kane. Well, dude, I, I, just, I want to thank you again so much for the support and for, you know, for giving me your time. I really do appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Hey, thank you so much, brother. This no, was great. It was great. And again, uh, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Uh, all of that supports um, you know, all my work all my personal work and it means uh, the world to me anytime somebody comes and uh, and helps me out basically that's what it's all about especially at the moment i've got no arm got no stupid right arm <laughs> I, I, i'm turning work down left right and center because i can't hold anything so right now the patron is even more important to me than it was anyway it is already quite high up that list so you head over there uh, i'm on twitter at simon316 instagram michael you got anything you want to promote or pimp or put out there uh, everything you just said, I want to re-promote. So, yes, follow the Patreon. <laughs> support Simon's uh, big in-ring comeback. And I look forward to the future. That's very kind, man. You're, you're a good dude. Uh, and as <laughs> always, if you are on iTunes, give us five stars. Uh, give us a review. And, uh, yeah, also on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules. But anyway, uh, let me know about the new logo. Let me know if you like it, all that stuff. All constructive feedback is welcome. But either way, I will talk to you again next week. Yeah.